The cost of standing for the truth has gotten a lot more costly. Stick around and we'll talk more about that on this episode of Beyond the Notes. Hi, my name is Pastor Mark, and this past Sunday I had the privilege of preaching out of John, the end of John chapter 18 into John chapter 19, and we looked at the the conclusion of uh, Jesus' trial before Pilate. And as we looked at that, we saw both Pilate and the Jewish leaders willing to do really just about anything to protect their own position, their own authority, their own power. Uh, They did not want to lose that, so they were willing to, in essence, compromise what they knew to be the truth, or at least what they should have known to be the truth. And so the challenge for us is, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, are there times where we sometimes tend to behave maybe a little bit more like Pilate or the Jewish religious leaders and compromise our own biblical convictions, our own what we know to be the truth of God's word. And I think we would all initially say, well, no, I'm not going to do that. Are you kidding? I I believe the the word of God and I'm going to stand firm on those biblical beliefs. However, in our culture, it's going to get more and more difficult to stand for the truth of God's word. We are seeing God's word being attacked. We're seeing uh, truth in general, not even, not even just God's word, but truth in general has come under attack. And I think it has lost the cultural, that cultural war a long time ago. However, I think we need to be careful. And I wanna give you a couple of examples of some things where we see people sacrificing the truth for the sake of either acceptance, popularity, or promotion, or maintaining their current position. One of the ones that I heard about at the beginning of last month, back in June of this year, uh, was the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team. Now, the Tampa Bay Rays, every year, for I believe the last 15 or 16 years, at one of their home games early in June, they host a pride night. And they have been doing this for a long time. What was different about this year was this year they asked all or had on all of the players' uniform uniforms a pride sticker, and they had special caps made up that took the pride logo and kind of stuck it in, mishmashed it up with the the TB on their on their caps. So now it went from just uh, you know here's a here's our company the Tampa Bay Rays and they have this Pride Night and they want everybody to feel welcome to come but now all of a sudden they're putting the Pride logo on the players' uniforms. Well, what happened was there were five of the Tampa Bay Rays baseball players that uh, it, it, they were okay, I won't say they're okay but that, you know understanding that that almost every major corporation and company today celebrates Pride Month. But when they put that on their uniform, they felt like at that point they were affirming the LGBTQ plus agenda at that moment. And they took the sticker off their uniform and they put their old baseball caps back on. Well, as you can imagine, this made the news. Uh, There were a lot of people in the media that were not happy. And these five guys kept it real simple, their response and why. And basically they said it was because of their faith that they that what that sticker represented was very contrary to their own faith. They still wanted to know that the, the stadium was a place 
where they welcomed anybody and everybody to come and watch games and they would be perfectly safe there, but they could not take that next step to where they felt they were endorsing it. And I asked this question in my life group a few, few weeks ago, how many of y'all work for a company where you know, Pride Month is promoted and many of them raise their hand? However, there's a difference between working for a company and being, being forced to affirm the LGBTQ plus platform where you work. Unfortunately, that's probably not too far off for some of these companies. That might be what's coming next. So that's, that's one example. I'm gonna come back to that in a minute. Another example that's more current uh, that just happened uh, just uh, I think about a week ago, Macy Gray, the artist entertainer. Uh, I know the name, but that's as far as I'm going. Don't know any songs that she sings. I probably have heard some, but I don't know them. She was on an interview with Pierce Morgan and they started talking about, the, uh, about transgenderism. And Macy was very clear in her statement that even if you have surgery, and she was referring to a guy, even if a guy has surgery and he calls himself a girl, he's still a guy. He can have surgery, but he's still a guy. And if he wants me to call him a her, I'll call him a her, but he's still a guy. Well, as you can imagine, this created quite the firestorm for Macy Gray. It sounds like she's just speaking common sense, right? For us, I mean, you can do all you want with your body, but biologically, you're still a male, and she's right. But the, the firestorm was so strong that a couple of days later, she came crawling back to appear on all the morning TV shows, issuing her genuine, sincere apology for offending anybody and everybody, and also telling everybody that she had learned a lot over the last two days. It had been an educational process for her. Now, going back to the Tampa Bay baseball players, they did not, as far as I'm aware of, issue an apology for not wearing the, uh, the, uh, the Pride Night stickers on their uniform. I, I quoted J.C. Ryle in the, in the sermon this past Sunday, and part of that quote was that talking about how we like to boast of power and think we're in control, but we're really mere slaves and afraid of resisting popular opinion. You see, for Macy Gray, it was probably going to cost her maybe some, some work, some money, her position, her popularity. Who knows what she was worried about, but she was willing to flip, just like Pilate was willing to flip, and just like the Jewish religious leaders were willing to flip as it relates to their allegiance to Caesar and not to God. So the question I'll leave with you, are you willing to resist the popular opinion for the sake of the truth? And if you are, how can you stand strong? Because it's not gonna be easier. In fact, it's gonna get harder and harder. And for those of you that are parents, I would do everything I could to prepare my children for what's coming over the next 10, 20, 30 years. But let me give you three things real quick, how we can live free from this fear of men and our culture and stand strong for the truth. Number one, trust God's sovereignty. As we look around and see all the things that are going on, we can quickly get very discouraged and think, oh my goodness, it's, it can't get any worse. Well, it probably can get worse, I hate to say, uh, but through all that, we can trust a God that is completely in control. He is sovereign. And it starts with having and trusting him first and foremost. The second thing I would encourage you to do is make sure you know God's word. Make sure you know the truth of God's word. Learn to think biblically. And I would say it's, it, it goes beyond just knowing 
verses, knowing stories, but knowing how to take God's word and use it to think biblically about everything you face. Because something's going to come up this week, this month, this year, where you're going to have to make a pretty big decision. And my prayer is that you're thinking biblically as you make that decision. You're using God's word and you're thinking biblically. And the third thing, fear God more than you fear the world. We have lost our fear of God. We tend to fear you know, what someone might say about us or how we might be perceived or how people, what they might start talking about us if we do this or do that, instead of fearing the one, the only one that matters, and that's God Almighty. And so that's my own challenge for my own life is that I would, that I would learn and grow in this area of fearing God first and foremost, and mainly just fearing God alone. And with the fear of God, I'm going to be able to live a life where I don't compromise the truth of his word because I'm more concerned about pleasing my creator God than I am about pleasing man. Well, I think that's a challenge for all of us that we would live lives that are separate, but ultimately we would not compromise the truth. That wraps up another Beyond the Notes. And thank you again for joining us and hope to see you next Sunday as we continue in the Gospel of John.